Where am I? The words slipped from my lips, barely a whisper, as my eyes struggled to adjust. The world around me was unlike anything I had ever seen. Walls rippled like liquid, flowing and ebbing in a mesmerizing dance. My head throbbed with a dull, persistent ache, and memories felt just out of reach, like shadows flitting at the edge of my consciousness. I tried to rise, but my limbs were weak, uncooperative. A sense of dread began to curl in my stomach, a primal warning that something was profoundly wrong. Another one awake. A voice cut through the silence, startling me. I turned, my movements sluggish, to see a figure standing a short distance away. It was a woman, her features sharp and defined, her posture emanating a resilience that seemed at odds with the weariness in her eyes. Those eyes, dark and penetrating, regarded me with curiosity and something akin to resignation. You're in the mind web. Her voice was steady, but there was an undertone of something I couldn't quite place. Was it fear? Or perhaps despair? The what? The words tumbled out, my confusion mounting. Mind web? The term was alien. Nonsensical. I pushed myself up, my arms trembling under the effort. The room, if it could be called a room, spun slightly. A disorienting swirl of silver and light. We're all trapped here, she continued, her gaze never leaving mine. The finality in her tone was jarring. Trapped. The word lingered in my mind, a chilling ripple of implications spreading from it. Name's Claire, she added, a faint trace of something that might have once been a smile flickering on her lips. Trapped. The word reverberated in my skull. Questions raced through my mind, each more frantic than the last. Who was Claire? What was this mind web? And, perhaps most importantly, how did I end up here? My gaze drifted back to the orbs, their glow now seeming less benign, more sinister. A cold realization settled in. This was no ordinary predicament. I was somewhere far from normal, far from safe. The walls continued their ceaseless dance, and for a moment, I wondered if they were alive, watching, waiting. I steadied myself, taking a deep breath. Fear was a luxury I couldn't afford, not now. What is this place? I asked, my voice firmer than I felt. And why are we trapped? Claire's expression shifted, the faintest hint of sorrow mingling with her resolve. It's a long story, she said, her voice a low murmur. But I'll tell you everything I know. The stillness of the bizarre landscape was suddenly shattered by an unsettling sound. It was a skittering, like a multitude of tiny feet scrambling across a hard surface. Instantly, Claire's demeanor changed, her body tensing like a coiled spring. Hide! Her whisper was urgent, laced with a fear that made my heart race. Without waiting for my response, she grabbed my arm, pulling me towards a structure nearby. It was a pillar though unlike any I'd seen before. Translucent, it reminded me of a quartz crystal, only it seemed to be alive with a glowing light. As we pressed ourselves against the cool surface of the pillar, I caught my first glimpse of the creature making the noise. It was a nightmarish sight, something dredged from the deepest, darkest recesses of the imagination. The creature was a mass of writhing tentacles, each one covered in what looked like hundreds of unblinking, glossy eyes. 
The eyes seemed to move independently of each other, scanning the area in a disjointed yet coordinated manner. The creature moved with a fluid grace that belied its grotesque form, slithering across the room with a clear objective and speed. Those things, what are they? My whisper was barely audible. Keepers of the web, Claire answered, her voice tight with suppressed fear. Her eyes never left the creature, tracking its every move with a hunter's focus. Avoid them at all costs, she added, as the creature moved closer to our hiding spot. I could see now why she was so fearful. The keeper, as she called it, exuded an aura of danger. It was not just its alien appearance, but something more, an air of intelligence and malice. As it passed by us, I held my breath, fearing that even the slightest sound would attract its attention. The keeper paused momentarily, and for a moment, I thought we were discovered. My heart pounded in my chest, loud in the silence of our hiding place. But then, just as quickly as it had stopped, the creature moved on, its many eyes scanning the area, always searching. As the sound of its movement faded, Claire let out a slow, controlled breath. They're the enforcers here, she explained, her voice still a whisper. They ensure we play by the rules of the web. What rules, I asked, my curiosity peaked despite the danger. Survive, solve, move forward. Claire's answer was cryptic, but her tone suggested that this was all she knew, or all she was willing to share at the moment. We moved cautiously through the corridors of the mind web, every sense heightened. The glow of the orbs made the environment seem even more alien and unsettling. Mind web? I repeated Claire's earlier words, my mind grappling with the bizarre reality we were in. The term felt alien, almost fantastical, yet the danger surrounding us was undeniably real. It's an alien network, Claire began, her voice low as we navigated the twisting paths. As far as I can tell, it's a construct, a vast and complex system created by an intelligence far beyond ours. She paused glancing around a corner before continuing. It traps human minds, she said, her tone full of anger and fear. We're pulled from our reality and thrown into this nightmare. Our physical bodies are elsewhere, I assume, but our consciousnesses are here, ensnared in this web. But why? Why us? The question burst from me, a blend of confusion and desperation. The idea of being a pawn in some incomprehensible game was terrifying. Don't know. Claire admitted, her face etched with frustration. Could be for study, entertainment, or something we can't even begin to understand. Maybe it's about survival for them, some twisted way of preserving their existence or expanding their knowledge. She moved ahead, her steps measured, eyes constantly scanning for danger. What I do know is that we're used like pieces in their game. We're forced to face challenges, solve puzzles, endure trials. And for what? We don't even know the prize or the penalty. It was a sobering thought. Beings so advanced, using humans like toys for purposes we couldn't comprehend. Then what can we do? I asked, feeling a surge of defiance amidst the fear. The idea of being a helpless pawn was unbearable. Escape, Claire stated firmly, meeting my gaze. It's the only option. We escape this web, find our way back to our reality, to our bodies. 
It's the only way to regain control to stop being their playthings. Her determination was infectious, and in that moment a spark of hope ignited within me. Then let's find a way out, I said, no matter what it takes. Claire nodded, a grim smile on her lips. That's the spirit. But be warned, she added, her expression turning serious. The challenges we face here, they're unlike anything you've known. We need to be smart, cautious, and above all, ready for anything. The Mindweb's corridors twisted and turned, leading us deeper into its core. Claire and I moved in silence, each step a careful calculation. Then, without warning, the passage ahead shifted, transforming into something entirely unexpected. A holographic maze sprang to life before us, its walls glowing with a soft blue light. It stretched upward, towering over us, its end lost in the vastness of the space. The complexity of the maze was daunting, a tangled web of pathways that promised confusion and disorientation. It's a test, Claire said, her voice steady, but her eyes betraying a hint of concern. She approached the maze, analyzing its swirling patterns. I stepped beside her, taking in the sight. We need to solve it to move on, she continued, her gaze locked on the ever-shifting walls of the hologram. I noticed then, in the lower corner of the maze's entrance, a small timer ticking down. Time was not on our side. How much time do we have? I asked, a sense of urgency creeping into my voice. Claire glanced at the timer. Not much. These challenges are designed to be demanding. Together we entered the maze. We chose our turns carefully, trying to outmaneuver the labyrinth's tricks and traps. The maze was a mind game, a puzzle that tested more than just our sense of direction. Dead ends were frequent, and several times we had to backtrack, each wrong turn eating precious seconds off our dwindling timer. We need a system, I suggested, as we hit another dead end. Right turns only, Claire proposed. We adopted the strategy, sticking to right turns whenever possible. The approach paid off, slowly but surely leading us closer to the maze's heart. The timer continued its relentless countdown, each tick a heavy beat in the oppressive silence of the web. Tension mounted as the seconds slipped away. With each turn, the exit seemed both tantalizingly close and frustratingly out of reach. Then, with mere seconds remaining, the path opened up. The end of the maze was in sight. We rushed forward, the timer ticking down the final moments. Just as the timer hit zero, we stepped out of the maze. The holographic walls fizzled and disappeared, leaving us standing in the corridor once more, panting and disoriented, but victorious. Relief washed over us in an overwhelming wave. We had passed the first test, survived the first challenge of the mind web. After the adrenaline of the maze challenge subsided, Claire and I continued deeper into the labyrinth of the mind web. It was in this state of heightened alertness that we encountered something entirely new and unsettling. From the shadows of the corridor, a figure slowly emerged. Its appearance was unlike anything I had ever witnessed. The entity's form was in constant flux, shifting and changing before our eyes. One moment it appeared humanoid, the next it was an abstract collection of shapes and colours, a living kaleidoscope. It was as if it couldn't settle on a single form, 
or perhaps it existed in multiple states simultaneously. The figure halted a few feet away from us, its form stabilizing somewhat into a vaguely humanoid shape. Then, it spoke. The voice didn't come from the entity itself. Instead, it resonated directly in our minds. A clear, penetrating sound that bypassed our ears entirely. Why are you here? It asked, its tone neutral, almost curious. The directness of the question caught me off guard. There was no preamble, no introduction. It was as if this being, this alien mind, cut straight to the heart of the matter. We want out, I declared, my voice firm, trying to mask the unease that the entity's presence evoked in me. Claire stood beside me, her body tense, ready for any threat. The entity's reaction was immediate and unnerving. It laughed, a sound that was both inhuman and chilling. The laughter echoed in our minds, a cold, mocking reverberation that sent shivers down my spine. So naive, it said, its tone laced with contempt. The word hung in the air between us, a verbal slap dismissing our struggles, our very existence. Before we could respond, before I could formulate the many questions racing through my mind, the entity vanished. It didn't walk away or fade into the shadows. It simply ceased to be, disappearing as if it had never been there at all. Claire and I were left standing in the empty corridor, the sound of the entity's laughter dissipating from our minds. The encounter was brief, but its impact was profound. We're dealing with something beyond our understanding, Claire said after a moment, breaking the silence. I nodded, my thoughts racing. The entity's dismissal of our goal to escape its casual arrogance was unsettling. We were up against a formidable, perhaps incomprehensible opponent, but that only made the need to escape, to reclaim our freedom, all the more crucial. The corridors of the Mindweb seemed to stretch on endlessly, a maze of alien architecture and incomprehensible design. Claire and I had been moving almost mechanically, the weight of our encounter with the alien mind still pressing heavily upon us. It was clear that aimless wandering would get us nowhere. We needed direction, a purpose. That's when I broke the silence. We need a plan, I said, my voice bouncing slightly in the vast, empty space around us. The urgency of our situation was becoming increasingly apparent with every step we took in this bizarre and hostile environment. Claire stopped and turned to face me, her expression serious. We find the core of this web. That's our ticket out, she proposed, her eyes scanning our surroundings as if trying to pierce the mystery of our prison. The core of the mind web. The idea resonated with me. It made sense. In any system, the core was the hub, the control centre. If we were to stand any chance of escaping, of disrupting this alien network, that's where we would need to go. I nodded in agreement. Let's gather what we need. The decision instilled a new sense of direction in me. We weren't just survivors anymore. We were on a mission. But what did we need? Neither of us knew what awaited us at the core, what challenges we might face. Our previous encounters had taught us that the mind web was unpredictable its trials ranging from physical and mental puzzles to encounters with its unsettling custodians. We should keep an eye out for anything that might be useful, Claire suggested, her gaze still fixed on the path ahead. 
tools, information, anything that might give us an edge. Agreed, I replied. And we need to be careful. We've seen what this place can throw at us. There's likely more we haven't seen yet. We resumed our journey, our steps now focused, our eyes searching. As we moved, we discussed potential strategies. Avoiding the Keepers of the Web was a given, but we also considered the possibility of having to confront them. We talked about the puzzles we had faced and how they might inform future challenges. Our conversation was pragmatic, focused. We were two minds working in tandem, pooling our knowledge and experience. It was a partnership born of necessity, but I found myself grateful for Claire's presence. The journey through the mind web brought Claire and me to a chamber unlike any we had encountered before. Bathed in a soft, ethereal blue light, the room felt almost serene compared to the oppressive atmosphere of the corridors we had navigated. It was in this unexpected haven that we made a discovery that changed the course of our mission. We're not alone, Claire whispered, surprised but cautious. In the gentle illumination of the chamber, several figures were visible. They were people, just like us, seemingly drawn to this place of relative calm within the chaotic expanse of the web. Approaching them was a risk. Trust was a luxury we couldn't afford in the mind web. But isolation was its own form of danger, and the potential benefits of collaboration were too significant to ignore. With a shared nod, we decided to take the chance. Our introductions were a cautious affair. Names were exchanged in quiet tones, each of us eyeing the others warily. There were three of them, a tall, wiry man with keen eyes named Chase, Lillian, whose quick, analytical gaze missed nothing, and Jonah, whose quiet demeanour belied a steely resolve. We've been trying to map out this place, figure out its patterns, Chase explained after we shared our intention to find the web's core. We've encountered challenges, puzzles, and those... creatures, Lillian added a shudder running through her at the mention of the Keepers. Jonah spoke the least, but his observations were insightful. The challenges seemed to test different things. Logic, strength, teamwork, he noted. As we shared our own experiences and plans, the atmosphere shifted from cautious distrust to a budding sense of camaraderie. These were people just like us, trapped in an alien game fighting for their freedom. Their skills and knowledge complemented our own, and it quickly became evident that we were stronger together. We've noticed patterns in the challenges, Claire shared, detailing our experiences. They're adaptive, changing based on our actions and decisions. Chase nodded in agreement. We've seen the same. It's like the web is learning from us, trying to outsmart us. The realization was unsettling but valuable. It meant we needed to be unpredictable to stay one step ahead of the web's machinations. Then it's settled, I said. We work together, share our knowledge and resources. Together we stand a better chance of reaching the core and finding a way out of this nightmare. The group agreed, and we spent time strategizing, pooling our collective knowledge of the web's layout and the challenges we had faced. Our plan was simple. Move cautiously towards the core support each other through the challenges, and stay vigilant for any signs of the Keepers or other dangers. As we talked, 
I couldn't help but feel a sense of solidarity with these strangers. We were different people from different walks of life. Yet here in the mind web, those differences seemed trivial. Our common goal united us. The goal of freedom, of reclaiming our lives from this alien labyrinth. We should keep moving, Claire suggested after a while. The longer we stay in one place, the more risk we run of attracting attention. She was right. The mind web was unpredictable, and it was better to keep moving than to become easy targets for whatever it might throw at us. We gathered our limited belongings, preparing to venture back into the shifting corridors of the web. Our newfound alliance moved cautiously through the serpentine passageways of the mind web, each of us alert and ready for whatever challenge lay ahead. It wasn't long before we encountered our next test. The corridor opened into a vast chamber, the likes of which we hadn't seen before. The most striking feature of this room was its floor, or more accurately, the lack of a stable one. The surface beneath our feet was in constant motion, resembling a vast sea of sand that shifted and swirled with a life of its own. We need to cross, Chase observed, his voice steady but his eyes betraying a hint of concern. Stay light on your feet, Claire advised, her gaze fixed on the ever-moving sand. And keep moving, no matter what. As one, we stepped onto the unstable surface. The sensation was disorienting, like walking on a bed of moving gravel. We quickly found that any hesitation, any lingering in one spot, caused the sand to swirl more violently, threatening to engulf our feet. Keep moving, I shouted, my voice echoing in the vast space as I led the way. We moved as swiftly as we dared, trying to stay atop the shifting sand. The challenge was unlike any we had faced before. It wasn't just about physical agility. It required mental fortitude to overcome the instinctual fear of being swallowed by the churning sand below. Then without warning, tragedy struck. Jonah, one of our new allies, faltered. A misstep, a moment of hesitation, and the sand beneath him whirled into a frenzied vortex. He struggled, trying to free himself, but the more he fought, the faster the sand seemed to pull him down. Jonah! Lillian cried out, reaching towards him. But it was too late. In a matter of seconds, he was gone, vanished into the abyss below. The rest of us could only watch in horror. The loss hit us hard, a sobering jolt that shattered any illusions of safety we might have harboured. But we couldn't stop. Pausing to mourn could mean sharing Jonah's fate. We continued, each of us silently vowing to make his loss mean something. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, we reached the other side of the chamber. We stepped onto solid ground, each of us taking a moment to catch our breath and collect our thoughts. We can't let his sacrifice be in vain, Chase said, his voice thick with emotion. We have to keep going, for Jonah and for all of us. Claire nodded in agreement, her expression grim but determined. We move forward. It's what he would have wanted. The journey through the mind web had been a harrowing ordeal. Each step a battle against both the alien environment and our own rising fear. But it was our collective determination that kept us moving forward, driven by the shared goal of finding the core of this nightmare. Our breakthrough came unexpectedly. Amidst the seemingly endless passages and chambers, we stumbled upon a series of intricate maps and cryptic clues left behind by unknown predecessors. 
or perhaps intentionally placed by the architects of the web. These discoveries proved invaluable, offering insights into the layout and possible logic behind this twisted construct. As we pieced together the information, a route began to emerge, a path that led deeper into the heart of the web. This was what we had been searching for, the control center of the mind web, the key to our escape. This is it, the control center, Claire announced. The room was unlike any other we had encountered. It was as if we were standing in the very brain of the mind web. This was the moment we had been working towards. Do we confront or escape? One of our allies, Lillian, asked. To confront the core was to potentially face the architects of this nightmare, an unknown and possibly insurmountable challenge. But to escape without confronting it might mean leaving behind the only chance we had to end this once and for all. The decision was monumental, but in my heart, the answer was clear. We had come too far, lost too much, to simply turn back now. We confront, I declared firmly. Claire nodded in agreement. The others, though clearly apprehensive, recognized the necessity of our choice. If we were to have any hope of putting an end to this twisted game, we needed to confront whatever, or whoever, was at the epicenter of the mind web. The structure before us was daunting, a monolith of alien design, its surface surging with an unknown energy. It was both fascinating and terrifying, a physical manifestation of the unknown intelligence that had ensnared us in this nightmare. We need a plan, Claire said, her voice cutting through the tense silence. She was right. We couldn't rush into this blindly. The stakes were too high and the mind web had already proven itself to be both cunning and ruthless. For hours we deliberated, piecing together everything we had learned about the mind web. We pored over the maps and clues we had gathered, searching for any advantage, any insight that could aid us in the confrontation ahead. Our diverse backgrounds became our strength, as each of us brought different perspectives and ideas to the table. Chase, with his keen analytical mind, suggested potential patterns in the web's defences we could exploit. Lillian outlined a series of contingency plans, ensuring we had options should things go awry. Claire's knowledge of the web's earlier challenges helped us anticipate what kind of obstacles we might face, and I worked to synthesize these ideas into a cohesive plan. It's now or never, I declared, looking at each face in our group. The words were a confirmation of the bond we had formed. We were a team, united against a common enemy. Nods of agreement met my words. We were as ready as we would ever be. The plan was set, our roles defined. It was time to confront the heart of the mind web. With a final check of our equipment, we set out towards the central structure. Each step was measured, deliberate, as we moved through the chamber. The energy in the air was almost tangible, a static charge that prickled our skin and raised the hairs on the back of our necks. Our group moved as one cohesive unit, each of us alert and ready for the challenges we anticipated. Then, in a moment that shattered our unity, betrayal struck like a bolt from the blue. It happened swiftly, a sudden and violent upheaval that none of us saw coming. Chase, who had been a pillar of strength and insight throughout our journey, turned on us with a ferocity that was startling.
Without warning, he lunged at Lillian. His makeshift weapon, a sharp piece of metal salvaged from the web's corridors, glinting in the dim light. His attack was fierce and calculated, aimed with a precision that suggested this was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. The betrayal sparked a fierce skirmish. We were fighting one of our own. Confusion and questions swirled in my mind. Why would Chase turn on us now, when we were so close to our goal? Claire and I acted swiftly, our initial shock quickly giving way to the immediate need to subdue Chase. The struggle was intense. Chase fought with a desperation that was almost inhuman. It was clear that there was something else driving him, some hidden agenda or influence we could not understand. Finally, after a tense and grueling struggle, we managed to overpower him. Chase was subdued, but not without cost. Lillian was nursing a wound on her arm, and the rest of us bore various bruises and cuts. The physical wounds, however, paled in comparison to the sense of betrayal. We can't trust anyone, Claire said, shaking her head. She was right. The betrayal had eroded the trust that had been our strength. The realization that one of our own could turn against us so suddenly was a horrifying revelation of the mindweb's insidious nature. With Chase now restrained, we faced a new dilemma. What should we do with him? His actions had proven he was a threat, but leaving him behind felt like an act of cruelty. Yet, taking him with us was a risk. Could he be trusted not to turn on us again? The debate was tense and emotional. Claire, usually so resolute, was torn. Lillian, nursing her injury, argued pragmatically for safety over sentiment. In the end, we reached a somber decision. We couldn't take Chase with us, not with the risk of another betrayal looming over our heads. It was a harsh choice, one that weighed heavily on us but necessary for the safety of the group. We left Chase in a secure chamber, ensuring he had access to water from the condensation systems we had discovered earlier in the web. It was the most we could do under the circumstances. We left him with a solemn promise. If we found a way out, we would send help or come back for him. As we walked away, the silence among us was a heavy shroud. Survival in the mind web demanded tough choices, and this would not be the last. We're close, I reassured the group, trying to infuse my voice with a confidence I wasn't entirely sure I felt. Claire walked beside me, her eyes scanning the environment with a vigilance that had been heightened by recent events. Lillian, despite her injury, maintained a steely composure, her gaze fixed forward. The path we followed had become increasingly complex, a twisted maze of passageways that seemed designed to disorient and confuse but we pressed on, guided by the clues we had gathered. Then, without warning, the final guardian of the web made its presence known. Emerging from the shadows of the corridor was a creature of such monstrous and intimidating appearance that it momentarily stopped us in our tracks. It towered over us, a looming amalgamation of nightmare and machinery. Its form was a bizarre fusion of organic and synthetic, with limbs that ended in sharp metallic appendages and a body that seemed to shine with strange inner life. Its eyes were glowing orbs that radiated a cold, malevolent intelligence. The Guardian blocked our path, its very presence an unspoken challenge. This was the final gatekeeper of the mind web, 
the last obstacle standing between us and the core. We can't turn back now, Claire whispered, her voice steady despite the fear that flickered in her eyes. I nodded, gripping the weapon I carried a little tighter. We'll have to fight, I said, meeting the gazes of my companions. There was no other way. We had come too far to be deterred by fear. With a collective nod of agreement, we prepared ourselves for battle. Lillian, despite her injury, positioned herself to the side, ready to use her agility to our advantage. Claire and I stood side by side, ready to confront the Guardian head-on. The Guardian moved first, a swift, fluid motion that was deceptively quick for its size. The battle was fierce and desperate, a dance of dodges, strikes and near misses. We worked in tandem, each of us playing to our strengths, but the Guardian was a formidable opponent, its movements precise and deadly. The creature was relentless, its attacks a whirlwind of precision and power, forcing us to the edge of our capabilities. We fought as one unit, our survival dependent on seamless coordination. Claire was the strategist, calling out movements and identifying patterns in the Guardian's attacks. Lillian, agile and swift, exploited every opening, her strikes quick and sharp. I focused on drawing the Guardian's attention, providing openings for Claire and Lillian to deliver effective blows. The Guardian, for all its terrifying prowess, was not invincible. We began to see the rhythm in its chaos, the predictability in its seemingly random assaults. Each dodge, each parry we executed brought us closer to understanding our enemy. Our bodies were pushed to their limits, Sweat stung our eyes, muscles screamed in protest, and our breaths came in ragged gasps. But beneath the physical exertion, there was an undercurrent of exhilaration. With every successful strike, every narrow escape, we grew bolder, more confident. Then, in a moment that seemed both too soon and not soon enough, the tide turned in our favour. A well-timed manoeuvre from Lillian left the Guardian exposed, and Claire and I seized the opportunity. With a concerted effort, we struck a critical blow, the impact resonating through the chamber. The Guardian faltered, its movements becoming erratic, less coordinated. We pressed our advantage, attacking with vigour, and finally, with a collective, almost desperate push, we brought the colossal creature down. It fell with a resounding crash. For a moment, we stood there, panting, scarcely able to believe that we had overcome such a formidable adversary. Claire let out a long breath of relief and disbelief. We did it, she said, her voice filled with a weary triumph. Lillian, leaning heavily against a wall, nodded, a grim smile on her lips. We're not done yet, she reminded us, her gaze turning towards the centre of the web, now unguarded and within reach. The Guardian lay motionless, a twisted heap of alien machinery and organic matter, a fallen gatekeeper to the mysteries that lay ahead. We took a moment to gather ourselves, to let the reality of our victory sink in. Then, with a shared understanding, we moved forward. The epicenter of the mind web was a revelation in itself, a vast chamber that vibrated with an extraordinary energy. The architecture was a blend of the organic and the technological, with conduits of light snaking across the walls, converging at a central point where a singular glowing orb floated. It was here in this surreal epicentre 
that we encountered the truth of our predicament. As we approached the orb, it shone, and from it, a presence made itself known. It wasn't a creature or a being in any traditional sense, but more of an embodiment of the web itself. It spoke directly into our minds. You are part of a greater design, the entity of the web revealed. Its tone was detached, almost clinical, as if it were stating a simple fact. The revelation sent a wave of emotions through me. Anger, confusion, and a sense of profound violation. We weren't just prisoners. We were components in a larger scheme. Pieces in a puzzle we didn't yet understand. Why us? I demanded, my voice tinged with the bitterness of betrayal. What gives you the right to use us like this? The entity's response was chilling in its indifference. You are the variables in an experiment of consciousness, it replied. The words resonated in our minds, cold and unyielding. The revelation was staggering. We were subjects in a vast, incomprehensible experiment. The mind web, this entire reality, was a construct for testing, observing, and perhaps altering human consciousness. Claire stepped forward, her face inscribed with horror and fascination. An experiment for what purpose? she asked, her voice steady despite the turmoil I knew she felt. The entity was silent for a moment, as if considering whether to divulge more. To understand your kind, to explore the potentials and limits of your consciousness. Your experiences, emotions, decisions, all data for analysis and study. We stood there, grappling with the enormity of what we had learned. Our struggle for survival, our pain and fear, our triumphs and losses, all had been part of a calculated study orchestrated by an intelligence that viewed us as little more than test subjects. The realization was a heavy blow, a profound violation of our very being. But within that truth lay the seeds of determination. We were sentient beings with our own will and a fierce desire for freedom. This knowledge, while devastating, only strengthened our resolve. We are not your lab rats, I said, my voice resolute. We are individuals with our own lives, our own stories. You can't just play with us for your observation. The entity remained impassive its presence emanating a sense of vast, unfeeling intellect. Your resistance is part of the data. All outcomes are of interest. Lillian stepped up beside me. Then here's some data for you, she said. We're going to end this. We're going to reclaim our lives. The entity's response was non-committal, a mere acknowledgement of our stance. But in that moment, it didn't matter. We understood now what we were up against, the scope of the challenge before us. We faced a monumental choice. The revelation of our true purpose had led us to a crossroads. And the path we chose next would determine not just our fate, but potentially the fate of others ensnared by this alien network. The option to destroy the web was tantalizing. It promised an end to the experiment, a cessation of the manipulations and trials we had endured. Destroying it ends this nightmare, Claire argued passionately. Her eyes burned with anger. We can't let this continue, can't allow others to suffer as we have. Her words resonated with a part of me that longed for closure, for the assurance that this ordeal would end once and for all. Destruction meant certainty, a definitive conclusion to our struggle. 
However, another perspective emerged, voiced by Lillian. But controlling it gives us power, she countered, her expression conflicted. Think of the possibilities. We could use it to our advantage, understand more about it, maybe even find a way to save others trapped here. Her argument opened a realm of possibilities, full of uncertainty and moral ambiguity. Control meant navigating uncharted waters, the potential to turn the tables on our captors, but at what cost? Would we be no better than those who had created the web, manipulating it for our own ends? The debate that followed was intense and emotional. Each of us understood the importance of the decision at hand. Destroying the web meant an end, but also the loss of any knowledge or power it contained. Controlling it offered potential, but also the risk of corruption, of becoming what we had fought against. In the end, after weighing every argument and considering every angle, we reached a consensus. It was a decision born of our collective experience, of the trials we had faced and the bond we had forged in the face of adversity. Our decision was unanimous. We would not risk the temptation of control, the potential to become like our captors. The mind web was a prison, a tool of manipulation and suffering. It had to be destroyed for our sake and for the sake of any others who might find themselves ensnared in its grasp. The moment had arrived. With a plan in place, we set about enacting our decision to destroy the mind web. The core was our target. Each of us knew our role, moving with a purpose fueled by the desire for freedom for an end to this insidious experiment. We initiated the sequence we believed would lead to the web's destruction. The core began to pulse more rapidly, its light intensifying. We braced ourselves for the end, for the collapse of the reality that had been our prison. But what happened next was beyond our wildest imaginations. The world around us began to warp. It was like watching a painting melt the reality we stood in dissolving before our eyes. But instead of leading to our liberation, it revealed something far more daunting. Beneath the layer of the mind web we had struggled against was another layer, a new configuration that was even more complex and sinister. The architecture was more alien, the atmosphere denser with a sense of intelligence and malevolence. We're still in it, Claire gasped. Her eyes, wide with shock, mirrored the feelings that gripped each of us. The revelation was a cruel twist, a punch to the gut that threatened to unravel the last threads of our hope. It's a labyrinth with no end, I realized aloud, the truth of our situation settling in with a heavy finality. The mind web was a layered construct of unimaginable complexity, perhaps extending beyond our comprehension. But in that moment of despair, something within us stirred. A refusal to succumb to the web's machinations, a defiance against the despair it sought to instill. We had come too far, faced too much, to simply give in. We can't give up, I said, my voice firm. Claire nodded, her expression hardening with determination. Lillian, despite the exhaustion that marked her features, stood taller, ready to face the new challenges ahead. Resolute despite the daunting revelation, we prepared to travel deeper into the unknown horrors of the mind web. We moved forward into the depths of the new labyrinth, our bond stronger. 
the Mindweb's layers would not deter us. We would continue to fight, to seek our freedom no matter what twisted realities lay before us.